Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. There are many moments in life that you can look back at an event with hindsight and wish you had done something differently. On December 23, 2003, a man was sentenced to death for the murder of three innocent people. However, the day before taking their lives, he called the FBI and attempted to turn himself in. But no one showed up to arrest him. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Gary Lee Sampson, born September 29, 1959, had a father who treated his dyslexic child, who had been denied special education, by calling him names and physically abusing him. At just four, he suffered from a fall that left him with a lasting brain injury. He was frequently arrested throughout his adolescence and, as an adult, was caught on surveillance robbing five North Carolina banks in a very convincing female costume. According to police, 
Gary lived with a group of cross-dressers who taught him elaborate makeup that he used for a disguise. Over the years, he was arrested for breaking and entering, stealing gasoline from vehicles, acquitted for the rape of a 15-year-old girl, trespassing, drug possession, armed robbery, probation violation, assault, making threats, bank robbery, and escaped from prison in 1981 and 1984. And by 2001, he was ready to add murder to his list of crimes. On July 23, 2001, Gary Lee Sampson made a call to the FBI office in Boston, attempting to surrender for the bank robberies he committed in North Carolina. The FBI clerk accidentally disconnected the call. Gary waited by the payphone, but no one showed up to arrest him. The following day, Gary Sampson was picked up hitchhiking in Weymouth, Massachusetts, by a 69-year-old man named Philip McCloskey. As they drove on, Gary threatened the man with a knife, forced him to drive to a secluded area, tied him up with a belt, and stabbed him 24 times. He tried to drive the van away, but was forced to leave it behind because it had a kill switch. This left him in need of another car, when three days later, 19-year-old Jonathan Rizzo picked him up in Plymouth. He then forced the college student to drive towards the woods in Abington, tied him up, and stabbed him 15 times. The following day, Jonathan Rizzo's family reported him missing. They had no idea that they were too late. By July 18th, Philip McCloskey's body had been found, Jonathan Rizzo had a missing persons report filed, and Gary Sampson was headed towards New Hampshire. On July 30th, the body of Robert Whitney, 58, was found strangled in a cottage near Lake Winnipesaukee. Outside of the cabin was Jonathan Rizzo's car. After a massive search for the boy, Jonathan's body was found tied to a tree behind the Abington Alehouse on July 31st. Meanwhile, in Vermont, William Gregory, 41, picks up Gary Sampson on the side of the road. It isn't long before Gary attempts to make William his next victim. He puts a knife to the man's throat, but he is able to escape by skidding the car into the shoulder and jumping out while it's still in drive. Gary ditches the car and breaks into a nearby ski chalet to call 911 and confess to the murders. He surrenders to police without a fight. Once in custody, he blamed the FBI for disconnecting his call. According to Gary Sampson, his three victims would still be alive if agents had arrested him like he wanted. He officially pled guilty on September 9, 2003, and was sentenced to death on December 23rd of the same year. During the trial, the defense introduced mental health experts to testify about the dyslexia Gary suffered, as well as the possible bipolar disorder and his head injury. Despite this, after six weeks of evidentiary hearings and 10 hours of deliberation, their decision was unanimous in favor of the death penalty. Gary Lee Sampson was the first defendant nationwide in a federal death penalty case to plead guilty and leave his fate to a jury. In 2001, the death penalty decision was vacated due to a juror lying during the pre-screening process. Gary Lee Sampson was retried on September 16, 2005, and on January 9, 2017, was resentenced to death. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on December 24th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. 
If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy-to-listen-to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.